barns and hen houses, close and far away under the dark. In my dream their combs were red and their feathers black as coal. And while I slept, they crowed the dark away. Sunlight came red into my sleep, and I nearly woke until I turned over and slept again in the shadow of my face. Then the light brightened and hardened in the room, and I couldn't sleep any longer. But I kept my eyes closed, remembering what I'd dreamed. I heard Mother walk across the kitchen floor and shove the tea kettle to the back of the stove. I listened to her clear away the dishes that she and Daddy had used for their breakfast and begin cooking breakfast for Brother and me. The sounds separated me from the night, and I let my eyes come open. Brother was still asleep on the other side of the room. He'd thrown the sheet off and was lying on his back with one foot sticking over the edge of the bed. I watched his ribs fold and unfold over his breathing. The sun hit the mirror on top of the bureau and glanced off against the ceiling. Beside my bed my pants and shirt were piled on my shoes where I'd taken them off the night before. My clothes were hand-me-downs that Brother had outgrown and passed on to me. His clothes were newer, not so faded as mine. I pushed the sheet back and sat up on the side of the bed. Out the window I could see Daddy harnessing the mules in the driveway of the barn. He took the gear off the pegs in front of their stalls and swung it over their backs and buckled it on. Then he led them out into the lot and shook out the check lines and snapped them to the bits. I was too far away to hear the sounds he made. One of the mules kicked it a fly and I waited for the harness to rattle, but there wasn't any sound. He backed the mules into their places on each side of the wagon tongue and hitched them up. I could hear the wheels joggle when he started out of the lot. Mother went to the back porch, letting the screen door slam, and called something to him. He stopped and answered her, and drove on through the gate. Across the hollow that divided our place from Grandpa's, I could see his house and the two barns white in the sun. The back door slammed over there, and Grandma crossed the yard and emptied a pan of dishwater over the fence. Grandpa's hogs came up to see if she'd given them something to eat, and smelled around where she'd thrown the water. Grandpa and Uncle Burley were walking out toward the top of the ridge to meet Daddy in the wagon. Uncle Burley's two coon hounds trotted along at his heels, sad-looking and quiet, because they knew he was going to work and not hunting. Grandpa walked in front. He and Uncle Burley weren't talking to each other. They got to the top of the ridge and stopped. Uncle Burley turned his back to the wind and rolled a cigarette. When Daddy came up, they climbed on the wagon and rode out of sight down the other side of the ridge. Grandpa's farm had belonged to our people ever since there had been a farm in that place, or people to own a farm. Grandpa's father had left it to Grandpa and his other sons and daughters but Grandpa had borrowed money and bought their shares. He had to have it whole hog or none, root hog or die, or he wouldn't have it at all. Uncle Burley said that was the reason Daddy had bought our farm instead of staying on Grandpa's. They were the sort of men who couldn't get along owning the same place. Our farm was the old Ellis place. Daddy had bought it before Brother and I were born, and we still owed money on it but Daddy said it wouldn't be long before we'd have it all paid. If he lived, we'd own every inch of it, 
and he said he planned to live. He said that when we finally did get the farm paid for, we could tell everybody to go to hell. That was what he lived for, to own his farm without having to say please or thank you to a living soul. Uncle Burley didn't own any land at all. He didn't own anything to speak of, just his dogs and a couple of guns. In a way, he owned an old camp house at the river, but it was Uncle Burley's only because nobody else wanted it. He'd never let Grandpa or Daddy even talk to him about buying a farm. He said land was worse than a wife. It tied you down, and he didn't want to be in any place he couldn't leave. He never did go any place much, except fishing and hunting, and sometimes to town on Saturday. But he wanted to feel that he could leave, if he took the notion. I stood in the patch of sun in front of the window and began putting on my clothes. The day was already hot. Hens were cackling, and a few speck.